All right. Welcome into episode two of the SBC Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Um, I'm joined today by a guy I don't know how many of you know. Um, good friends with Mark Schindler, um, writer for some Pacer stuff. Did I say Schindler, right? Is that how you say his last you name? You did, yes. All right. Yeah. Um, who, you know, went to SBC with a lot of us. Um, Brett Bauer, eight points, nine seconds, some other stuff, but mostly he's a writer for Hoopball Fantasy, host of the Punt Intended podcast, and a world-renowned fantasy basketball expert. Um, he's giving me a look right now that he's probably not world renowned, but he is a, not quite yet, but he is a very popular fantasy basketball analysis around those likes of the world. So I brought him in today to give us the outside perspective of our league and what he likes, what he doesn't. Most of you probably don't know, but him and Mark, were going to join this league and then got busy with some Pacers stuff and decided not to before we even started. But Rhett was the first person I ever threw out our scoring system to, and he got really confused at first. And we I did. Out and he liked it. And then, as I said, he was in, in for about 36, 48 hours, but never actually got his feet on the floor. But he's back now to tell us where we all did great, where we all screwed up, give us his title prediction for both the real NBA and our fantasy league and everything like that. So welcome in. Is there anything I missed on your introduction? No, absolutely not. That was a that was a lot of stuff. I feel like I got slighted a little bit because I was the secondary to Mark joining the league. Like I wasn't <laughs> going to do it myself. He was doing it, and I was going to be the fantasy help for him. Then he backed out, and I had a chance. I did have a chance to continue the Tulsa Tornado brand for Mark and I <laughs> as Pacers fans, and decided not to do so. But I am extremely interested in this league. There's so much going on, and I love it. We spent the last hour just looking over our cap sheets and signings and draft and just talking and, you know, doing all that fun stuff. But I have really 50 have contracts to talk day. about, but we're not going to get to all of them. We'll see how many we can get to. Um, but yeah, no, so we've gone through it all. We've had a good time there. Now we're ready to discuss it. Uh, I don't have much of a structure I want to go with here. So I'll let you kind of take the floor and you can take it where you want. The things I do want to go over are a, what you think of our scoring system, because I absolutely despise nine cat can't stand it at all and obviously you do a lot of your work at nine cat because that's the business you're in um so give us some feedback on our crazy unique 13 category scoring system including plus minus and four different efficiency categories as well as now we can get into some contracts of which teams you like which teams you don't and just your generic thoughts there but what's your initial thoughts on the scoring system so i don't like nine cat either but it's all it's the easiest way to do things that's of not a points league because and it's what if, everyone plays and you exactly for so, everybody i mean i mean you can't really do anything with that i can't stand points leagues because there's absolutely no strategy to it and anytime anybody asks me how to trade it's like okay here's what you got to do <laughs> pull up your calculator and then get back with me and that's i'll agree with you are calculator. they within 10 yeah. yeah yeah okay then you're okay that, it's yeah fine. so it's fine yeah so Nine cat, it is just the popular thing. And so that's what kind of what you have to cater to. But this scoring system is far more in-depth and it was confusing at first. And that's why I had a ton of questions and we went back and forth a bunch. But I like that you split the game up a whole lot more than nine cat and you make it so that there's a whole bunch of different ways that players can contribute and different ways that you can win a matchup in a week. And I think that that's, just something that's lost in nine cat because it's just you narrow it down so much that it's easy to talk about, but you also cut out a lot of the things that make the real NBA important. And it just kind of, I don't know, you, you put everything on an even playing ground when it really isn't. 
Yeah, I think my biggest issues with Nine Cat are rebounding. Um, defensive rebounding means nothing. Hassan Whiteside and Andre Drummond are on minimum contracts right now. Um, but offensive rebounding is important. And so being able to split rebounding into offensive and defensive was nice. And then uh, field goal percentage is in the 90s. And I hate field goal percentage for obvious reasons. <laughs> so being able to split that up into two-point percentage, three-point percentage, and true shooting percentage helped. And then, of course, I think your biggest issue and everyone's biggest issue with nine cat is turnovers and points are not equally valuable in the real no, NBA. And they are all. a nine cat. And that's probably the number one, like, obvious issue to a casual player is points and turnovers are not the same thing. Um, so, yeah, we weighted it. We broke it into 13 categories. We have plus minus, which everybody hates, but it's fun because everybody hates it. It makes sense that everybody <laughs> hates it. Um, but at about seven, eight percent of our total points, it makes sense um, as a good metric that does actually correlate to a lot of success in the NBA. I always tell people with plus minus, look at anything a player does on a basketball court, every step they take, every breath they take, everything they look at, anything anyone ever does on a basketball court is to improve their plus minus because their goal is to score points on offense and stop points on defense. That's what it's all about is plus minus. It's obviously super fluky on a player level. But that is the base of basketball is score more points than your opponent while you're on the floor. And so it does have some quirky and shaky and unstable value. Um, but there is some value there as a base of the whole point of the game is plus minus. And so we do have that in there at about seven, eight percent, which I don't think a lot of leagues have in there. Um, no, all. definitely not. And it, the, the interesting thing about plus minus is on a game by game basis, it's not super helpful. But when you're using it as like, because scoring is just all about putting everybody's performances into perspective and making them all relative to each other. So if you use plus minus as like a relative scoring system, and then you expand it out to a week long matchup, it can be kind of useful because, yeah. Hey, you know what? If Kevin Durant has a bad week and he's a negative for his team that week, he should be a negative for your fantasy team too. Yeah. Like that should matter. Real life results should matter except for, Minutes played, which we talked about before we started. We did recording. talk about that, and I have had the idea we might do it next. We might flip that to a negative thing because if it, the whole point of the minutes played is to be a tiebreaker, and if you're tied 2020 in our league, whoever has the fewer minutes played should probably get awarded for doing it. You had better per minute production that matters. So we have talked about that. We might put that to a league vote, um, probably for next season at this point. Although, if people get really opinionated about it, I guess we could do it for this season. I'm not coming into episode two trying to stir up controversy. <laughs> I just thought it was really interesting. And you asked about the scoring yeah. system. So I will say, uh, one more reason I love having plus minus as part of this league is it gives you something to cheer for every second of every game. You have a player on the court because you're, you could be sitting there and you'll be cheering for rebounds or assists or whatnot, but every single basket scored impacts your fantasy score at least a little bit. So that's a little fun thing too, especially when you have like two players on the same team and they have one player on their team, and all of a sudden it's like triple, triple time, basically like it's fun. Well, that's um, what I was going to say. It could get really frustrating too. If you have one player on the floor, then you're relying on the other four players on the yeah. floor to contribute to your fantasy or, team. Or the which worst just, is when like you have yeah. one player on team A and on team B and so they just cancel out and you're like, he's a plus it's 12, but he's useless. a minus 12 yeah. because you know, they're on the court together. You're excited um, when they go in and out at different yeah. times. So, so they, but, but yeah, it makes boy. it watching fun because every single second of the game, you at least have a category up for grabs. Um, but yeah, so that's our scoring system. And I do, I am really happy where it's at. I put some time and effort into it. And I think we had a good year last year. I went to the finals and all four of my matchups came down to the fourth quarter, the final game of the night where I'm like, I just need, who was it? Ben McElmore to not make 
one more three and then you know he misses a three and then makes one but it's not enough to get his three point percentage or whatever it was i lost the championship because my true shooting percentage was one one thousandth of a point short because george niang missed a step back jumper with five minutes to go in the last nba game of the season in a 20 point game it didn't matter at all and uh i'm good buddies with george niang actually um he's a friend of mine and so i had to give him crap for that that like Dude, you just cost me like 600 bucks in a trophy because you missed a contested step back 20 footer to screw my true shooting percentage. So it's all fun. We love it. Um, I love categories and weighted categories because you can really focus on stuff and matchups get close and you can focus on one category. And uh, in our championship, what I really loved is I don't know if you've experienced this normal nine cat, but the last day of the season, it's our finals and um, we're doing live plus minus was good for this as well. We're doing live management where it's like, do I really want to play Theo Maladon? He's going to be a negative 20. Oh, but now all of a sudden I need a couple extra points. And uh, me and Tampa Bay were literally messaging each other. Like, are you playing this guy? Are you playing that guy? And we're taking people out of our lives. We're putting people in our lineup seconds before the game's tip. And so the live managing coaching of it was a lot of fun compared to, Hey, set your lineup and see who scores the most points because people are negatives in categories. Yes. We have that in nine cat, especially when things get close because turnovers is the only negative category, unless you, I guess you consider percentages as well. And so there were plenty of opportunities during my playoff run. And because I have a heavy punt three free throw and because of how heavy the other teams are, I'm basically punting points, free throws, threes, and, uh, and then it's turnovers, assists and steals are the swing cats. And so by the time you're getting to Sunday's matchup, you're like, okay, do I play Russell Westbrook for the 10 assists knowing he's also going to have four turnovers? And so like leading up to those games, you're like, you've got everybody in your lineup, but I've got fan tracks pulled up on my computer, (laughs) like waiting for the very last waiting for the morning games to to, end to see where you're at. Exactly. And then to pull Russell Westbrook out. So he plays his high, he plays his, you know, his Donovan Mitchells, who's going to get him four or five, maybe six assists, but also three turnovers. So it's just like, there is some gamesmanship yeah. to it. Um, I love weighted categories. To a whole nother yeah, level I love weighted categories weight. exactly. because you're less likely to tie. Not that you tie a lot in nine cat, I guess is technically possible, but um, it, you know, if we you're had down a tie in points, the playoffs. Did you? Yes. So home you, team one. Higher nice. seed. So if you have, you know, a two point category and it's a one point game that it can fully swing it. Um, a lot easier and so that's fun and uh, I will say the other reason I have a strong uh, opinion on weighting the categories is you should not be able to punt points like that's what right. the whole freaking game right. about if you can punt points and still exactly. win a fantasy matchup there's something wrong there well <laughs> I'm not punting points in like the grand scheme of things but because our week. league is so top heavy like yeah. like Travis my co-host on pun intended and my cousin he has Harden Tatum Beal, oh, yeah, Dame, that. Jokic. He's just like, he's a complete punt field goal team. And so yeah. he's got like, he's got literally eight top 20 dynasty players on his team. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm not punting. You got to figure out a quirky way to win. I can beat all of the bad teams, but I can't get anywhere close to that. So like, yeah. might as well go, go all in on all the basically counting. On, on an individual matchup, that makes sense. But I'm saying in a season long format, no, absolutely don't points, do that. No, that's wrong. Like we're here to score points and stop the other team from scoring points. Um, but enough scoring talk. I could talk about that forever. Cause I'm a, you know, I have a math degree and I like numbers and I spent a good chunk messing around with numbers, trying to get a good scoring system. Let's talk about, you said you have 50 contracts and 20 badish contracts. What do you want to start with? What do you want to talk about? 
So first off, I had 30 contracts from the 2020 season when you guys started where you did your blind auction to get these players in on their current deals. And some of them were really, really good values. Some of them were not. And some of them I just wanted to talk about because they're just extremely, extremely interesting. So the, the couple that stood out to me were guys like Patrick Williams and Sadiq Bay, you know, Patrick Williams, 8.5 mil with his two plus team plus team. That's a great deal now. And then Sadiq Bay with 2.1 mil with his, the same structure. Also another great deal. Those are two guys who are inside our dynasty top 100 that I I'm extremely, extremely high on them as fantasy players. And so getting those deals for guys that, I mean, Right now, that's easily a $10 million discount in the grand scheme of like what they provide to the league, in my opinion. So just seeing what those rookies were valued at is just really, really interesting. That to was me. one of the most fun things of this league, because it's easy when you draft a player like we just did here in August. You know, you look up the NBA CBA, you say, OK, they get 120 percent of their predetermined value. But last year, we didn't know how to handle rookies. And so we left it to be an open market. And, you know, we saw LaMelo Ball get a max. We saw these guys go yep. for these prices. And so it was really fun. And we set them in their own tier. So we got rid of the top 125 players. And then the rookies all came in as a third wave of players. Um, and so, you know, you talk about Lincoln, who's doing a good job right now and how they had nobody on their roster. We're like, screw it. We're going for LaMelo Ball because we have still an empty roster and $109 million in cap space. And, you know, they also got Patrick Williams and that combo they did is they went rookie heavy because they just didn't get a good coin flip the first 125 players, right? Which so, LaMelo and Ant going maxes for both of those guys it, right off it. the bat is extremely aggressive, but it worked out very well for both of those. James Wiseman, not so much. He's about Wiseman did play. not work out very much, but it's just, it's crazy that like, if you had said like, do you just give LaMelo a max right off the bat? It, there it's were some terrifying. hesitations. It's so scary, but it worked out. So kudos to them for having the guts to I go said, for it. The waves we had uh, played into that. When you have no players on day nine of the league, like I get the panic and just, oh crap, we got to get somebody. And so might as well get the number one, two, three overall picks max. Um, what other picks you'd like from the originals? Is there any, let's see if we can avoid one year deals because those are in the past now. Although I know you did like a couple there. If there's some you want to shout out there, you can, but especially two plus year deals. Are there any that really stand out? Yeah, absolutely. So Nerland's Noel have to talk about Nerland's Noel. Cause he got a $2.8 million deal. He's a free agent this year. I actually didn't see what contract he got. So I'll have to look at that while I talk, but love Nerland's on the flip side of that Hassan Whiteside getting 11.5 last year. Uh, we, we know how that goes. Jazz <laughs> he got fans, amnesty'd, don't we? Yeah. I, be- I believe that very much. One of our two amnesties we got in the league. One of them was used on Whiteside. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. Um, another one that I liked, Larry Nance, three years for three point six. That's he's a good fantasy player and a good real life player. So getting him for three point six in a league like this is a really really good value. Clay Thompson is one that is just interesting. I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't think we will know until he comes back from injury and contributes. But signing him for four years at 16.5, that escalates. I'm, I'm assuming it's close to like 19 million somewhere right yeah. now. So that's just, that's interesting. And obviously that, that salary means more to you guys listening because you understand what that means in the grand scheme of the salary cap and all of that. But he's getting paid as much as Wiseman, which is not good. Eric Bledsoe got a similar deal. 
so like those just don't seem like good deals to me. And yet that seems to be what that the kind of, we were talking about a little bit how there's just no mid range deals. And so that's kind of seems like what happened. Um, but then you've got Clint Capella out there, 13.7. Loved that. McCall Bridges, a one plus team option at 24 is an extremely interesting number. And I'm really that's about what he's going to get in real life here soon. I know, but that's what I'm saying. It was like, if you had told me that last year, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. I would have yeah. said that that was crazy. So good, good job there. Buddy healed four for 22. Yikes. Don't, don't like that very much, even though he might have that same value if he gets somewhere that he's not coming off the bench. Um, Aaron Gordon, two for 19 million. That's what he got in real life. But he's a way better real life player than he is for fantasy. So, and then Tobias Harris, that was the other one I wanted to say four years for $20 million a year for Tobias Harris and how solid he is for fantasy is just awesome. And what a genius GM that was. Yeah. Uh, I think it's rigged, but whatever. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a lot of the 2020 contracts that I really liked. Um, I mean, miles Turner for three years, $14 million for what he does for fantasy is insane to me. Um, and then uh, you can get into some more rookies, but yeah, 2020 deals. There weren't very many bad ones. You know, we were talking no. about this is that, I think there are less bad deals in this league than what there are in the actual NBA right now. Um, we have had a couple people get hired by the Spurs and uh, Nets and the G League Ignite team and whatnot in this league. So uh, if any other real-life NBA teams are listening to this, you guys know where to find us. We're already putting people in the league. And we sign less bad deals in the real league. You heard it from Rhett himself. Um, <laughs> no, of my team, yeah, I, did, I struck out in all the big-name free agents. And so I was on that second wave of players. I was kind of like, eh. I guess Chris Paul for a max is okay. And I'll throw 20 million towards Tobias and see if I can't get him for that number. And that's what carried my team to the finals. Um, and Chris Paul at a max number, I think super weird and interesting in fantasy purposes, but it's worked, especially He's because of it. the plus minus stuff. He's worth it. I mean, the Suns plus minus was insane last year, mainly because of Chris Paul. So yeah, I do enjoy the Tobias deal. Um, did you want to move on to this year's free agency then, or do you have any bad yeah. deals or anything else you want to go over? Well, I mean, year? there's there's a couple of bad deals, but I think everybody kind of knows what they are, so I don't really want to hammer on them. And a I'm, decent amount of those owners are probably gone now anyway. That That is also a good point. So Tyler Harrow getting $24 million off the bat. I know it's coming off the bubble, but I mean, it's really interesting because this is where fantasy and reality meet because there are just so many guys that, I, I mean – their real life value is so much more than what their fantasy value is. And Tyler Harrow is one of those guys. Cause he just doesn't have a very fantasy friendly game right now. He doesn't have Maybe a very your guys... friendly game right now though. Either. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess the, I'm speaking in terms of nine cat. I yeah. should, I should look at your guys' scoring system a little bit closer before I levy too I'll much. Basically but... double points. Um, yeah. And no efficiency is worth 12 instead of six. Everything's kind of worth three. And then efficiency is super important. And Tyler Harrow's, not the most efficient player in the world. So it's not that far off of nine. Yeah. Outside of just some split yeah. categories and efficiency being so important. But yeah. So moving on to deals that were handed out this year, my boy TJ McConnell getting three years for 10.4 is that's more than what I would have guessed he would get, but he's, he was really, really good last year. So that is not surprising to me at all. Markel Fultz getting two for 5.2. I love Markel Fultz. I think he's good. And I think that if he can get back healthy, that he should be the starter next to Suggs for Orlando in the long term, because both of them can just do good things on the basketball court. I do love RJ Hampton, though, so I wouldn't be upset to see all three of them starting. 
Uh, Derek White, 9.5, incredible value. If he can stay healthy, of course, but I would gladly take Derek White at 9.5. I would take him at closer to 20, which is what Lonzo Ball signed for for five years, $20 million, which is another great deal because I am insanely high on That team has Dave and Zion yeah. as well, by the way. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I mean, I was looking at it. It's like there's – some of you are doing a really good job and continue to do a really good job. And some of you, I mean, you probably got dealt a bad hand. You're probably one of the people who took over for a team that – that is no longer here. So you can't really do much about the past. You just got to move forward. So there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, it, it's, there's, there's value out there to be had. Like I think Nasir little three years for $3 million. I think that's a good deal. That's, that's a good Noel flyer to take. For, by the way, I was about three, three. For 10 total oh, three for like 3.1. Boy, I will take that all day, every day. He, he's, he is such a yeah, solid nine cap player. I don't know if he's going to be great in this league, but I assume that it translates pretty well. Jonathan Isaac, though, probably the best contract. Let's talk about that because Jonathan Isaac had torn his ACL last year. Um, We've talked a lot about Lincoln. Uh, Chris is awesome. Um, Actually lives out, I believe, towards Lincoln. He's a big Chiefs fan. Um, So last year, he doesn't get anybody. He's sitting there on, you know, day six, seven, eight, nine, kind of panicking. Uh, gets Drogic for, you know, 18, 19 mil. That's fine. But then he goes after LaMelo for a max contract. You mentioned the Patrick Williams contract. And then he throws like 18 mil towards Jonathan Isaac, knowing Jonathan Isaac has only the injured year left on his deal. And then he's a restricted free agent. And, you know, Chris really punted last year and kind of, he didn't tank though, because he still pieced things together. And LaMelo was so good. I think he made the play in. Yeah. It was like 19th, 20th. Didn't get a high lottery pick, but still ended up in the lottery. And now you're seeing that value of going out of your way to get Jonathan Isaac injured, Jonathan Isaac last year come to fruition. So yeah, talk about that strategy of grabbing Isaac last year and turning it into this. Well done. Extremely well done. I'm doing a similar thing right now in my nine cat league, the 12 team dynasty league that's been going for about five years. Now I decided this summer last year, I, I did, I, I quit on my team. I did. I had LeBron, I had Westbrook, I had Vooch, I had Chris Paul. I had so many old guys, but those teams at the top, just I wasn't comfortable with it. So right before the trade deadline, I traded Chris Paul and Steven Adams for Killian Hayes and Nick Claxton, trying to do a little bit of a retool. And the team that got Chris Paul ended up winning the championship, and I ended up losing because I had Killian Hayes instead of Chris Paul, because of the turnovers being as close as they were, Chris Paul actually had like, it was like a four to one assist to turnover ratio throughout the playoffs. And then Killian Hayes had a one to one, which was just not to mention the field goal percentage difference. It was just a mess. I, I went through and did all the math and I would have won the championship last year if I had not made that trade, but I had already committed. So that's I traded. unhealthy obsession going back and doing the math. Well, I'm not going to judge you too hard because you I do it too. I, know, I it's took fine. a college class and they told me to write a two page paper on okay. something in real like Just go apply what we learned in our math class, two page paper. Yeah. And I did it as um, evaluating the contracts in this league and our fantasy thing. And my yeah. paper ended up being 12 pages and it's supposed oh to be my. two. So I'm not going to judge they you hated too you. much. They did. They hated you. I'm not going to judge you too much, but, uh, but anyway, that's, so a, I, that's a healthy obsession. <laughs> moral of the story is I had punted on the year on, on trying to win the fantasy playoffs because Chris Paul being as old as he was like, okay, not great. And then I did it again, trading LeBron and Westbrook for Ben Simmons and Wendell Carter Jr. 
continuing to retool. Traded for Kawhi Leonard, currently trying to trade for Kyrie Irving, traded for Marco Fultz, just trying to recoup some of that value in a league that wasn't going my way and cleaning up on the margins where other teams might be scared off. So doing what you did, Chris, with LaMelo maxing him, which could have just blown up so, so, so heavily in your face, but it didn't. And then you went out and got Jonathan Isaac's restricted rights and made the most of that. And so well done, sir. Very well done. Um, I got a couple teams I want to ask you about that uh, we can go through. Are you still on our league? Yep, I got it right here. Can you go to, so you go to Anaheim, you've talked about how awesome Anaheim is. I'm assuming you don't hate the Rudy Gobert max super max deal for three years. Um, that team's really good. Um, Anchorage tanked and got the number one overall pick and they've made a quick rebuild. Actually, my projections are showing them to probably make the playoffs this year. Maybe not a deep playoff run, but you know, you get healthy talents, a healthy fam out of bio. Kate Cunningham's all obviously amazing. We've talked about Baltimore, um, Boise. So Andrew Wiggins was fantastic in our league this year. I mean, last year, like top 30 to 40 player, just because he was healthy. The Warriors were injured. He does a lot of things, even though he's not great. Are you still expecting big things from Wiggins to be a top 50, 75 player or was last year a fluke? I am one of the biggest Andrew Wiggins fans, mostly because I, I feel like all-star in our league, actually. That wouldn't surprise me. He is a good basketball player. Like he is not what you hope your number one overall pick would become. And he's not worth the max contract he got in the regular NBA, but that taints people's value of him as a fantasy player so much. And I mean, looking at it right now, getting him for $14 million is excellent. And I, I don't think it was a fluke. I think there's a chance that his Efficiency rises a little bit more as he not only gets more comfortable in the Warriors system, gets more comfortable playing with Steph and Dre, but then also adding Clay in there. More spacing is never a bad thing for a guy like Andrew Wiggins, but I mean, he's he's going to get you a steal a game. He's going to get you a block a game. He's going to get you points, decent boards, decent assists, couple threes. His free throw percentage is probably the only thing that's a massive negative. Not even a massive negative. Just just not great, but. I, I mean, I love Wiggins, so I, I, will, uh, I will not talk down on what he can do at all. I edged out Boise in the playoffs by, I think it was like, oh, two thousands of a point and two point percentage, I think. Oh, then was. Wiggins probably cost you that. Uh, <laughs> that was probably that. that. In the, uh, I believe that was the conference finals, actually. Um, so I, I should have wore my T-shirt to this. I have a championship, Western Conference Championship T-shirt. I do not have the trophy for the whole league. Um, next thing I want to talk about, Kentucky – is one of our new owners. Um, they've only been here for the summer, and I think they have one player from who they had at the beginning of the summer. Now they are kind of regretting trading for Kyrie Irving for obvious reasons. Maybe this is tampering, um, and he might get mad at me, but we're good friends. He's a Jazz fan, so I don't care. Would you trade for Kyrie Irving at this point on a two-year max deal, or would you stay away? At, that question can only be answered by what he's being offered for Kyrie Irving because should I give up Chris Paul for him? I think we talked about it actually. I brought I think, it up. I've thought about I think, it. I think we talked about it. And I would probably rather have Kyrie Irving for his team, looking at his team, because you've got young guys like Gary Trent, Gary, 
Jalen Green, Simons, Little, Collins, Bielitsa, like you're not so incredibly old that Kyrie Irving sitting out this year ruins your championship aspirations. Gordon Hayward being your oldest player that matters. Hassan Whiteside does not count. Neither does LaMarcus Aldridge. So being your oldest player, I'm fine with maybe punting on the year just a little bit and just hoping he comes back at some point. I would not panic trading Kyrie away unless in some circumstance, like your team is should be the favorite with him and you just can't afford to not have him. And then you get offered something like Chris Paul and you, then you probably just take it. Um. We'll think about that. I'm sure he will too, but I know he's talked about him openly being on the trading block. San Jose is a team that was really, really good last year. Um, and I knocked them out in the playoffs in the first round because Donovan Mitchell obviously went down with an injury and Trey Young, yeah. Trey Young twists his ankle for five days. Yeah. And that was five of our seven days of our match. Oh, that's what do you think of the heavy guard lineup for San Jose with Donovan, Trey, Zach and Sexton? That's a very, very heavy yeah. guard lineup. So, that is actually my recommended build in nine cap for people who may not have the best idea of what's going on because in nine cat specifically it's guard heavy. You just, if you go guards the entire time points, threes, assists, steals, free throw percentage, that's five out of nine. And you can just wipe the floor with everybody. If you, if you build it right. So in this league, I'm not sure how that would translate as well, but Having Mitchell, Trey, Levine, and Sexton in a league this deep, I can't imagine that's a bad thing. Like, especially getting into the playoffs and the injury luck, if that was the only thing that knocked you out, you can't really be upset about that. That's just that's just a bad luck of the debt uh roll of the dice there. So I I mean I like the way the team is built. Go go out and get your scores and let the rest happen. So what one of our most interesting and uh, sad team Seattle the Seattle Brew go out and get the two seed last year they were something like 50 and 16 or something like that like awesome 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 team yeah what do you do if you're them this year because <laughs> um, you love the Clint Capella deal especially oh, next it. to Joel Embiid a Capella yep. Embiid combo is awesome well but like, Capella Embiid Jamal Kawhi that is an incredible but what do you do with Jamal and Kawhi uh, especially because I mean, our playoffs start like March 8th or something like that yeah, so you're not going to see Kawhi at all this year for this team. And Jamal Murray, you're probably only going to get for like My a month. projections, by the way, still show them as a playoff team. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and then you know what? If Kawhi and Jamal Murray come back for the playoffs, it's the flip of last year, and you might be making it run if they come back right. last month of the season. But, right. yeah, with no Kawhi and Jamal Murray, I mean, that's seven, that's $65 million of your team just poof. Yeah, I mean, the one thing – you've got Jamal Murray on that long-term deal, so – you have some security there. What you could be doing is finding a team that has an older star and trying to make the most of that Joel Embiid prime, which is what I would hope that the Sixers are trying to do as well, because Embiid is not a guy I would want to wait around and try to roster until he's 31 and hope that he can still be elite because I would just want to make the most of that right now. So if possible, I would see what you could get for Kawhi and Jamal Murray. But if you can't get like relatively similar value for what those contributions can be, especially in a 30 team, you just can't afford to take that much of a hit. I don't think, even though that is absolutely just 
gut-wrenching <laughs> to see that at the top of your salary board having zero games played let's playoff uh, time this is around. a good point i want to ask you because a lot of i don't love dynasty fantasy basketball leagues because i don't like the idea of drafting a player and then just having them for 20 years just because yeah. um you know the real nba is not a dynasty thing at least these days maybe it was 50 years ago but not in the modern era by any no means. definitely not so, you know, we use a, for lack of a better explanation, very simply, we've talked about it plenty before the show. You get a 50-50 chance to bring back a guy. Yeah. So, and you're sitting here with Kawhi Leonard, you're 50-50 to bring him back next year. Like, that's got to matter. So do you hate the 50-50 idea or do you play in any leagues that have a free agency type like that where you're not just, obviously I'm keeping everybody because why wouldn't you keep everybody? Or how would that impact your for lack of a better term, because as I said, it's not traditional dynasty where you just forget about it and don't worry about it. You have contracts that do end and you do have to figure out what the next move is. Yeah. So we actually do something a little bit differently. We call it a dynasty league, but it's really a 16 man keeper league. We have 20 man, twenty. 20 man rosters with three IR. So at the end of the year, most everybody has 23 players on their roster. And so you're cutting seven, which you still have the extremely stacked teams, but you, you also two have drafts, rookie and a free agent. No, we have them all in one. We have right. them all in one, which gets a little bit interesting because then you've got guys like a couple of years ago, somebody cut a Kelly Oubre. And so that was a first round pick. Like yeah. they, he went at like six ahead of Okungwu, I think in, in that draft. So that's kind of how we do it to try to balance that out and try to eliminate, like if you want to stash a guy forever, you're going to drop somebody who's pretty good. Like if you want to keep Josh Primo forever, you're gonna drop Larry Nance, and that's what a guy. That's what a guy. I guess it wasn't. It was Poku. He wants to keep yeah. Poku. He dropped Larry Nance. So like those are the decisions that we force people to have to make. But, but that's your not core, Kawhi Leonard or no, 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 definitely or... that's small, small potatoes. I like the 50-50. It keeps things way more interesting. And if you're gonna do it for salary, especially because you're matching contracts and all that stuff, you have to have some sort of maybe they come back, maybe they don't, because otherwise you're just, you, you just, you can count on those guys being there in a For way that you definitely years. cannot in a, in a standard or in like the real NBA. Yeah. Nobody lost anyone this year. It's kind of sad. You know, Giannis and Rudy Gobert were both 75 percenters. So mathematically you're 49% for both of them to return. They both did. Anthony Davis was 50% and he returned. So we were really like, eight to 12% for all the big names to return. And they all did. It kind of sucked. Um, I'm sure all the owners are super happy. About I was going to say not for those owners. But that sure there was that. no, Oh my gosh, we just lost Anthony Davis. What are we going to do? Um, but yeah, so I thought Seattle was interesting. Um, we talked about the 50, 50 thing, which I, I don't think a lot of leagues do. Um, it, as I said, it can be extremely infuriating because it's not fair and it sucks to pay 60 to 70, $80 a year and just, that, that sucks. And I get it. And it's not fair at all. And I know that as the commissioner, but it keeps it interesting. And we're here to mimic the real NBA as much as possible. And you need joyful miseries to uh, match the NBA. Right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, as NBA fans, uh, 29 of us go home sad every year. So as a Pacers know. fan, I always go home sad every I, year. So I, you guys are like the jazz East. Um, the Pacers nuggets and jazz are all just the exact same franchise in three different locations. Except mine's not healthy and your guys' seems to be pretty okay. So there's that. We're, I think I'm going to hop on your podcast tomorrow. We can get into that. Go check that out if you're uh, listening to this one. Um, we've talked about my team a little bit. I don't hog the show. Uh, one more team. Is Tampa Bay going to repeat as champions? 
And is that team worth a $200 tax bill when the average league entry fee is $75? And so just so you're aware, our tax bill goes to charity. The champion gets to choose a charity and we donate it to charity. So you don't win that money back. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. Because then it's very much pay to win. And that's just silly. We don't want that at all. So his entry fee is about 70 bucks. His entry fee is $97. His tax bill right now is about $200. Um, Is that roster worth a $200 tax bill? And do you expect him to repeat as champion? Yeah, that's that's pretty good roster. I, it would be tough for me to turn down the opportunity to repeat and cheap out because we we give owners crap for that all the time in the real NBA is cheaping yeah. out when you have a chance to do something special. And I would say that this team definitely has a chance to do something special. We talked about how much of a discount Conley was and now is not, which <laughs> could end up biting them in the butt. But that's kind of but, the thing with bird rights is, hey, yeah. it doesn't matter. Nope. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. You don't need ret- value. Ret- yeah, retain bird your people. Overpaid. Yep, exactly. Uh, the Cody Zeller play is an extremely bold one. We talked about it. You said he was trying to, trying to have a, a, a big contract up there that you wouldn't be upset about moving. That's really bold for twenty five mil because, I, looking at where some of these other guys went, if you could tell me that I would have had a fifty fifty shot at having Lonzo instead of. Cody Lonzo Zeller. is restricted though. He was never okay. Fair enough. So let's, but yeah, uh, Rashawn right, Holmes right. then. Rashawn yeah. Holmes. If you could tell me I have a chance at him instead of giving Cody Zeller, I will just, I'll take the 50 50 shot at Rashawn. And then guess what? Cody Zeller is going to be there for 10 million in a couple of days. I <laughs> promise you that. Um, no, yeah, I think he's repeating. I think uh, Tampa Baltimore is a really good rivalry. I believe they met in the Eastern Conference Finals. You've already talked about how much you love the Zion, uh, Dame, Lonzo, Derek White combo. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of their biggest challenger. And, you know, that's one of the things we really hope to build in this league is rivalries where you see the same team in the playoffs three, four years in a row. And you, you kind of hate them in a friendly way. We've, this league's been awesome. We haven't had any drama. And I don't know how because – we built this thing from scratch and that's never a good idea. We make rules up all the time. It seems like, and people are nice about it. Just roll with it because we just run into things that you'd never in a million years think of. Um, and so we have it all sorted out. And I just cannot shout out all you listeners enough that you guys have been fantastic out West Boise uh, Anaheim was awesome last year. They're the number one seed. You know, I made a finals run kind of a fluky five seed. We've been over Seattle. Who do you think comes out of the West? Boy. I I don't know. I like Boise. I mean, having Giannis Wiggins. <laughs> Time out. I do got to point out, Boise did, uh, they messaged me like literally eight to 10 times the day I was announcing the first wave of free agents because they had a 75% <laughs> chance to keep Giannis. And yeah. that obviously is nerve wracking because it's yeah. Giannis. Um, but they did freak out at the 75% chance to keep him. And I know that was like the longest 48 hours of their life waiting for that to be announced. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Anaheim's coming out of the West this year, the OG Ananobi contract. I don't know how y'all let him get, get OG for 9.5 because that is, that is less than half of what he should be getting in a fantasy league like this, because he's an absolutely incredible fantasy player. And then to add on to that, the Jared Allen got 10 mil. So we're just like, He's and just Nolan's compounding good three. contracts and early. Yeah, exactly. So don't even get me down into the, the Justin holiday, Montrez Harold, Dante DiVincenzo contracts, like Bruce Brown and OG Ananobi and Jared Allen are making the same amount of money like that. That's, that's just awesome. And so 
on that team specifically, the Rudy Gobert max doesn't look nearly as bad because he made up with it with so much value on the on the smaller contracts. But it would be very different if he had Rudy Gobert, Cody Zeller, and then like his third best player was OG hey, at nine million. I will sit here and defend Rudy Tom Blue in the face. You know, oh, how I know much you I do it Rudy. often. Yeah, and two point percentage, true shooting percentage, rebound. Oh, he's an blocks. elite fantasy player. Yeah, I, no, absolutely like, not. I'm in not our slandering USBA Rudy, league, he fell to like forty two, and I was like. Like, what are we doing here? Like, that's really that's just dumb. Come on, and he got—I think dumb. he got picked by the Tatum team. And I was like, Tatum, Rudy in this uh, traditional thirty-team draft. Like, yeah, you won. You're a top five team. You got the twelfth pick, and you boosted up to a top five team. Good for you. But you know how much I love Rudy. What was Tatum doing years. going at twelve? Goodness. Oh, well, we can talk off there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, no. So, um. That's that. I, you know, I love Rudy. And I love Anaheim's team. I do got to shout out Anaheim. We talked about this before as well. So they are, I am totally drawing a blank on the name. So I apologize when you listen to this ran by what's his name. Why am I drawing a blank anyway? So they ran by this guy who went to SBC with, and he's awesome. And over the last six months, I guess he got a girlfriend and he's kind of slowly taking a step back and she's taking the step forward, a step forward, a step forward. And now she messaged me like four or five times a week and is all invested involved. And we have this couple over here who's playing in this league together and dominating. And it's absolutely amazing. So I do got to shout them out because that's super fun. Uh, her name's Emma. I don't know why I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but that just they means are he's co- not active enough. I know, right? They are co- <laughs> they are you know co GMs, and Emma's on top of things, and that's been super fun to have such a active couple in the league. And as you said, it sounds like they're going to come out west. So you have Anaheim, Tampa Bay. You think Tampa Bay is going to win? Um, they were I, I our mean, number one seed tough. last year, so yeah. that wouldn't be shocking if they came back. Really, it's I that's going to come down to whether Kevin Durant's playing to close out the season. Like, how because yeah. that if you get Kevin Durant missing one or two games because the Brooklyn Nets locked up the one seed or something like that, that could that could be a huge, huge game changer, especially when he's got some tough competition up there at the top. It is so in our league, we do a 76 game schedule, uh, 38 three, four day matchups, two games apiece. Um, and then our playoffs are week long. So longer, like kind of like a playoff. Yeah, so there we spread long, that out. Yeah. Um, instead of the three or four days, but uh, it's a blast and we're having a great time here and we appreciate you joining us. Is there anything you want to go over with our draft? Anyone that stands out there or uh, are we good to wrap this up? Yeah, I just want to shout out Isaiah Jackson going at 26 at the time of the draft probably wasn't that big of a deal, but just to let you know, um, what is it? Vancouver Forest. He is, if you haven't been paying attention to preseason, he's already in the rotation for the Pacers, and they view him as the long-term for starting next to either Turner or Sabonis, whoever they keep. So you probably got somebody who's going to give you immediate contributions this year, especially with how hurt they seem to be. So great job just taking somebody at 26 and ended up getting what's probably going to be like a top 15 fantasy contributor this year. Any second rounders that stand out? Um, anything like that? I really like JRE to the El Paso Vipers. And then uh, who was it? I like AO as well. Miles McBride's interesting. Quentin Grimes seems like so he Miles might be McBride, in the role. Miles McBride, Anaheim gave up four second round picks to get up to 31. And well, okay. I don't like that as much then. Was it that- four? It might've been three. But they were like, we're just going to go up and get him. They had, I think, yeah. two or three in this draft, and they okay. targeted him. If you're just consolidating, then it's not that big of a deal. If it's futures, then it gets a little bit iffy. But, yeah. No, the second round, I 
I haven't seen enough of any of these guys actually playing and mattering to really matter. Luke Garza actually getting a deal with the Detroit Pistons, which was a surprise. So getting him at 52, he might actually get some run this year, which would be very helpful for a guy that had such little investment. All right. So one more thing. Um, that's kind of weird. What are we doing here? I have our, why is this? Maybe this won't work. I was going to ask you. Here we go. That makes more sense. Okay, I have some names here that are still free agents in our league. We still have a couple teams Oof. down at about nine roster spots, so they need to fill another three or four before the season starts. Okay. A lot of teams are about to make cuts down back to 14 as they're up at 16 or 17 right now. 17 is our max, um, 14 plus three IR. So you can be at 17 if you have Kawhi and Jamal Murray, but most teams got to get gotcha. back down to 14. Yeah. So here are some names that Fantrax recommends. Are there any of these guys you'd be willing to pay more than a minimum to, or people should go out and um, bid on right now? So you got Maurice Harkless, Dwayne Dedman, Justice Winslow, Ty Jerome, Ben McElmore, Trey Burke, Willie Cauley-Stein, Willie Hernan Gomez, Frank Kaminsky, Solomon Hill, James Johnson, Cody Martin. Um, anyone really stick out that these guys should all go get tonight? Right Justice now, Winslow minimum, no and what. James Johnson are two guys that stood out of that group just because Justice Winslow specifically is just way younger than most of those guys and might actually play a little bit on the Clippers that like to throw out wings and nothing else, as you Jazz fans know, even though that did not contribute to Rudy Gobert getting played off the floor. So we don't need to turn this into another hour of an argument about <laughs> we'll that. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Yeah. James Johnson, on the other hand, is the Brooklyn Nets have so many guys that it's he's not going to be consistent, I would guess. If he is consistent, it's because he's not getting a big enough role. But he's somebody who I think will actually play for the Nets and be able to do some good things on the floor. All right. Hey, everybody. Um, so my laptop turned off and then immediately turned back on and Rhett's computer overheated all within about 20 seconds right there. So sorry for the abrupt ending, but I guess that's just how the cookie is going to crumble for tonight's episode. Big shout out to Rhett and all the work he does um, in the fantasy world and with our league specifically. Again, he writes a ton for Hoop Ball Fantasy, um, hosts the Pun Intended podcast. You can follow him on Twitter just at Rhett underscore Bauer. That's R-H-E-T-T underscore B-A-U-E-R. Um, does some Pacers work as well and is just a great guy. So make sure to go give him a follow, um, especially because we are in a dynasty <laughs> fantasy basketball league. So he'll help you out there. He's awesome. Super, super nice guy. Um, as you could tell. So you can message him, ask him questions. I'm sure he'd love to and be willing to answer. Um, I've had a chance to work with him a little bit over the last few months and guys on top of things. Um, so go check him out and give him a follow. You guys know where to find me at McCade P8, it's MCCADEP8. And you guys all message me all the time. So no worries there. A um, couple of news and notes. Our season obviously starts on Tuesday with the real NBA season. Get your contracts um, in for your second round picks, please figure out which players are going overseas, get your rosters up to or below the roster limit. Just get all the stuff wrapped up. I'm going to be obnoxious and messaging people like crazy over the next uh, 48 hours, trying to get all the rosters in line with our league rules. And then we are off and running. Our schedule is in for about the first six weeks of the season. I have the rest of it in an Excel file. I just need to type it in, but 
we are good to go. Um, again, sorry for the abrupt ending there, but that's just how technology crumbled tonight. So have a great day, and thanks for listening, and thank you for being part of the greatest league in the world.